Hi friends, welcome back to another episode of the Musician's Guide podcast. My name is Karen and I am your host and I am sitting here with everyone's favorite, Jen, Hello. for our final episode <laughs> of the Musician Side Hustle series. Thank you for having me. <laughs> <laughs> so we, full clarity and transparency, we already recorded this once. We recorded like five minutes of it and I just absolutely could not get the potato out of my mouth and I just kept mumbling everything together and just completely put everything out of order and confused everybody in the in the first five minutes. So, this is your first time making a mistake on the podcast so we can <laughs> forgive you and it was funny and also exciting for me to watch you like mess something up because I'm the one that usually falls down the stairs with my words here. Yes. Um, so Rude. Quick, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You're like, absolutely, you yeah, suck. I mean, Moving on. <laughs> anyway, Sorry. give us the beautiful teacher recap. No, you tell us um, what's going to happen in the podcast in these oh. next upcoming months. Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so announcement time. Um, so due to Jen's request. No, just kidding. I'm having a baby. And I, we've decided that it'll be um, best to just take a, a quick break from the podcast. So we're going to take the summer off. Um, we are con- going to continue to record some episodes for the Patreon and we have this whole, um, resource library that we're working on developing and sharing that will be, you know, stuff that you can find on there. And if you want, you know, to continue listening to more stuff, more new stuff. Um, we also have a really extensive catalog of episodes. Now we're at like 217 at this point. Um, and I know that not all of you have had a chance to catch all of them. So we're going to do a good job of organizing episodes. Um, I was telling Jen that um, a lot of my favorite podcasters have these like podcasting playlists. So because she's going to miss so much um, recording here with me, you can create like really fun playlists for everybody. So like we mm-hmm. can group marketing ones together and interviews and that kind of thing um, so that you'll have a better chance of, of just finding some of these episodes and um, can kind of supplement until we come back in August. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. It feels bittersweet because um, I love this podcast so much. But then also, um, I think it'll be good to just have like a little break. Yeah. And I feel like sometimes when you pre-record, because we're probably going to be gone. The summer is like two months-ish, pretty mm-hmm. much just like June and July. And we should be back in August. But sometimes pre-recording, you know, eight episodes sometimes yeah. feels inauthentic Yeah, um, to just be like, well, and like, I don't know what the state of the world is going to be like. And sometimes exactly. you have like we had this at some point like podcasts that were going to air in the middle of like the big blm protest a couple of summers ago and it was just like so out of context that we were like guys we got to re-record everything because this right. just it can't be like we have to address certain things yeah absolutely so, yeah. so in the spirit of like authenticity and keeping it real we'll just hold off see what the landscape looks like share some stuff on patreon in real time and mm-hmm. then um be back in august with fun series yeah new things that we'll probably announce um so just as a recap kind of going on back into this episode dipping our toes back into what we were talking (laughs) about originally um this is our last last episode in the musician's guide oh my god (laughs) again sorry last episode in the musician's side hustle series so in this one we're going to talk about first how to scale. That's the main thing that we're going to talk about in this episode on the you know business side of it and just side hustle side of it and then on your personal development side. But before we do that, I'm first going to recap a little bit of what we talked about in the past three episodes if you haven't listened already. So in the first episode, we kind of started off, you know, finding out within a side hustle, you know, what are your interests? What do you like? What are you good at? What do you see yourself doing? You know, having that side hustle take um just a portion of your life as opposed to like be your main thing and then from there figuring out you when you believe in yourself like what you can do to create that brand and create that experience get your clients 
all that fun stuff, all that good stuff, um, how to just set that up in the beginning. And then the next episode, which is episode two, we talked about creating processes. So we talked about internal and external processes as it relates to your business. So things that you do on, you know, the back end of the house and the front end of the house when you're interacting with other people or just trying to sell and position your product in general. And then this last episode that we just aired, uh, was the third one. And that was what to charge, um, and how to find your target market. So in that one, we talked about, you know, different scenarios, different circumstances. You know, if you're a photographer, what would you charge for this particular project? Taking into account things like your expertise, the software that you might use, the camera, the equipment, anything like that. And then from there, how do you continue to charge you know, from the beginning as you're acquiring that experience and then when you have a little bit of more experience and and as you're going through that. We also talked about in depth about just scope and not going above scope so that when you're completing the work that you're doing, you don't feel like, you know, you're being taken advantage of and just Mm -hmm. things are clear and not unkind. So clear as kind and clear as unkind. You did it. Yeah. (laughs) Renee Brown. Yeah. And, you know, we have more specific pricing on the Patreon. Yes. So if you're curious about like what that scale might be, um, we like to do that on behind the, the paywall because context matters. So you'll be able to ask more specific questions and we're not just like throwing out blanket numbers that yeah. make sense in, I don't know, Tennessee, but don't really make sense in New York type of deal. Mm-hmm. For sure. And then in this one, I guess we'll start it off first, but within the the realm of how to scale. So Karen, in your own personal experience or just in general, you know, helping other people scale their business, what do you think is a number one piece of advice? Let's start off strong. Ooh, yeah. I think the first question to answer is capacity. Do you have capacity to scale? And I think that that's been a question we ask ourselves every little bit. And often than not, the answer is no. And it's because we've either played small or we haven't um, organized ourselves in such a way where we could add more stuff or we could take on more clients. So that's the first thing. Do you have the the capacity to to grow your side hustle? And what, what could that mean? Slash what does that look like? Um, The literal question might be time. Do you Mm -hmm. have the time to add another project? Do you have the time to invest in more equipment or maybe learning something new? Or um, is this going to interfere with whatever your main job is or or your your main source of income? Uh, Doing some kind of risk assessment, um, if it makes sense, if you're actually going to make more money or if you're going to make less. So an an example that I like to use is sometimes more clients doesn't mean more money because if you are maxing your time out at a lower rate, yeah, you'll have lots of clients in theory, but not necessarily have room to grow because you'll hit a ceiling. So it's just figuring out primarily what do you have the capacity for? What do you have the time for? And if you're going to scale, why do you want to scale? Yeah, I think, and to put this into perspective too, um, because this is something that I also struggle with, not so much as a side hustle, but just working kind of that second job. You think that you can do so much more than you actually can. But if you break it down to the numbers, this is what a typical afternoon could look like. So let's say you have your main job, you know what I mean? So you work 8 to 4 p.m., 5 p.m., some people. That means that you have between 5 p.m. in the afternoon till 10 p.m. to get everything that you need to get done. And that includes, you know, being a person, eating dinner, going for a walk, taking your dog out. Commuting. Yeah, commuting, things like that. So you have five hours to get that done. If you dedicate two hours to doing that and three hours to being a person, that means that you're going to work about 10 hours within that Monday to Friday scope. 
10 hours could be enough or you might need to do 15 hours you might need to do 20 hours which means that that bleeds into your weekend so that's five hours on saturday five hours on sunday then you wake up on monday and you have to go to job you have to go to your job at 8 a.m and you can do that sure when you're enthusiastic and just really excited for that first month or two but then afterwards it starts to wear on you and you realize that you're only you know living your life what is it three times five 15 hours in the week realistically is the only time that you have for yourself and then on the weekends you know you're tired of waking up early and you know you just want a day off a day where that's not determined by what you have to do with your job so again 15 hours maximum what 30 hours a week to yourself that's like no way to live other than like obviously sleeping i don't take that into account either or sometimes i do leave sleep lose sleep over having to do stuff so yeah within that i think people don't realize that there is a ceiling and there is a capacity and there is you know especially when you're working with clients like things have to be delivered things have to be done so you kind of take a back end back seat mm-hmm. um in doing a lot of these things when you do have that side hustle that can interfere with your either main job or your responsibilities or whatever it might be and sometimes it doesn't have to look like a job that's 8 to 5 p.m or 8 to 4 p.m it could look something like you have to take care of your children and they're home and you don't have the opportunity to do your side hustle in that moment and you have to wait for the kids to go to bed to be able to do that which means that you know the four hours that you're going to spend with your partner or whatever it is now it's reduced down to two so it's different sacrifices that you have to do to do this sort of side hustle and i feel like people don't consider that when it comes into scaling Absolutely. Yes. And that's also where revisiting your values from a personal development standpoint comes in, where it's like, you know, yeah, there's some seasons where you you do just buckle down and you maybe you have a goal to pay something off or maybe, you know, you just actually need to financially work that much to to make ends meet or or you're going through a transition or whatever. Um, But like really reevaluating like what matters to you and how you want to work. Because I also feel like looking at the positive of what you just described, your side hustle could also be something that could support you in transitioning away if maybe your main job isn't what you want to be doing. Mm -hmm. Or maybe if your main job isn't you know, giving you the same satisfaction as it was before, this can kind of give you the courage to kind of open up different horizons. So I think it's just really being in touch with yourself and and, and doing some of that personal development where you're asking some of these big questions. And that's why I think like reevaluating regularly what you're doing, why you're doing it, and is it working for you? Because um, especially from the musician perspective, like our personal lives and our, our values are sometimes last. And it doesn't have to be that way. Like mm-hmm. you, you will make the same amount of money in the end or you will end up in, in the same situation and you just get to decide like how much suffering is going to be in your path. Yes. So along the same vein of a side hustle, do you think it's still, and you've been a big preacher of this as far as like when you're in a business or when you're in a project and there is an area of expertise that you might not be as versed in or there's somebody that can do it better than you or whatever you're a big person that would say you know just outsource it like it's so much easier build it into your contingencies build it into your price and you're able to outsource a lot of these things so that you can tag team certain projects with people um within that do you think that it's okay to outsource certain things and still keep it a side hustle or do you feel like when it goes into more than one person or having a team it's no longer a side hustle it's a good question i think it depends on the profit margin because if you become a facilitator of projects and of making other people money which is what i did in the beginning it's not really a business it's a hobby so i remember like when i first started outsourcing websites because that's i know what you're alluding to um I wasn't leaving enough margin 
to pay myself for my time. I was just viewing that as experience. And that was fine. It has served me well, but that was a hobby. That wasn't like a legit business. So mm-hmm. I couldn't, in theory, say like, ooh, I just built, you know, like Genghis Barbie's website and I charged them 1500 when my developer charged me like 1450 yeah. So it's like I didn't do that. I just, you know, facilitated that. And that's not like an actual business. Um, I do think it's really important to decide what skills you want to learn. And I know this might sound super arrogant, but when it came to like running a business, transitioning my career, leaving performance, you know, my big life shift, I didn't want to learn more things that didn't interest me. So I've never been a technology person. As you know, Jen, um, the thought of of learning how to like literally design a website never appealed to me. What appealed to me was the creative direction behind it. What appealed to me was figuring out how can I get into the client's mind and effectively communicate it to the developer so that we could create a product that would have longevity, stay within budget and be super clear for what my marketing and creative brain knew was needed for that project. So instead of spending my time learning the ins and outs of Squarespace or Wix or Weebly or WordPress or code or whatever, um, I decided to spend my time doing the marketing aspect of it, doing the the research on what makes a good website a good website, and to stay on top of all the trends and all the the shifts in technology as of the last 10 years. Um, So for me, from the beginning, that was something that was a hard boundary. Like, I'm not going to mess with this. I'm going to know enough that I could help my client log in, that I could transfer ownership, that I could publish the site if needed, but that's about it. I didn't want to do more. Um, The same thing with photography. Like I know so much about photography, but I have no desire to learn to literally take the photo. Mm -hmm. I rather have somebody else do that, that has spent the same amount of time that I've spent learning how to creative direct, taking the photos and expediting our process. Mm -hmm. And it's not from laziness or arrogance, but to me that just made more sense than learning a whole new skill and having to wait to catch up to where my expertise was in another area of what I was doing. Yeah. I agree. I really like that. I also think, too, sometimes people don't consider um, when you have something like building a website and you're going to provide something for the client, similar going back to what we were talking about in the last episode of going above scope, sometimes it's important to outsource certain things in order to stay within that scope. And people don't realize that. This is an example. So if you're building a website and for some reason you end up getting roped into going you know, above scope to creating the copy for that website, if you outsource that copy and build it into the contingency of the actual website, it'll be faster, first of all, from the very beginning. And you'll be able to make the profit margins that you want to make out of that versus, you know, being roped into going above scope to do that copywriting and then you having to do it and it taking you 10 hours of your time that then anyways puts it above scope regardless. Yes. And that also brings a good point of knowing the value of your time. So, for example, if copywriting, which is like writing the text on the website, is not a strong suit for you and is going to take you twice as much versus hiring an expert at $25 to $50 an hour to get it done in half the time, that's a much better investment of resources and time than it is for you to try and learn and and DIY it yourself. Um, So I think thinking through what is your involvement in this project and what do you actually want to be spending your time doing? Because again, I think that when we go into territories of things that we don't know, we're not good at, and we have no interest in learning, that's also where the burnout comes in and where you kind of start feeling like you're stuck in some of the things that you're doing. And I think like staying fresh and staying curious allows you to pivot and shift. Like we used to do video 
And now instead of focusing on the behemoth that was video, we do media training instead. We show up and creatively direct, but we're not involved in the mechanics and the pre and the post. Like it's just more project-based, which is our superpower. But had we tried to will it into existence, it would still be something that would make us hemorrhage money. Mm, Yeah. Um, Can you speak a little bit about scaling and how that goes hand in hand with personal development? Yes. Um, And I can tell you from personal experience being in that situation right now, where if your mind, your brain, your mindset cannot fathom what you're trying to create, it's not going to be possible. Mm -hmm. Meaning that if you believe that all you can make is X amount of money or all you could do is this or that you could only play at this level, it's going to be really hard to convince other people to believe that you can do that if you don't believe it yourself. So for me, this goes back to our values on like personal development and career development going hand in hand because yeah, I could be the most amazing creative director, but if I don't believe that I am, nobody else will either. And if you're in a position where people are convincing you of how great you are and you're letting that imposter syndrome take over, it's not going to make for a fun business experience. It's not going to make for great communication. It's going to really complicate your marketing because you're going to feel really paralyzed about talking about your services or talking about what you do or talking about your portfolio. So just really getting your head on straight in any capacity is really important, but especially when it comes to, to growing anything, really, just that belief has to be there. And it's not as easy as affirmations. It's not as easy as looking in the mirror. It's not as easy as like looking in the mirror and saying your affirmations. <laughs> <laughs> it's not as easy as like writing in a journal or doing gratitude or reading all the Brene books. There's a true embodiment that goes into you becoming the person that would have those things. And that is really that personal development journey. And it's not about, again, it sounds cheesy, but like the arrival of that next revenue stream or that next big project, but it's the person that would be able to handle those things. And and you, in my opinion slash experience, don't reach that next level through external validation. I've experienced it when I realize for myself that I am capable of doing that. And that's also where in the personal development space, understanding what is your personal definition of success and not somebody else's. Mm -hmm. Because I know other coaches and other people in the industry that make a lot of money and are not happy or they make they make a big amount of money but not really a lot of profit. I also know people that this is their side hustle and they make, you know, a couple thousand dollars a month, but that is a huge win for them because that is what they define as success. So it, the money is not going to give you the success, the types of clients you work with, the reputation you have, the kinds of projects you do, none of that is a universal metric for success. That's why mm-hmm. you have to create that for yourself. And I think the sooner you could do that in your side hustle the or business or whatever you want to do, the easier and more fun the journey would be. Okay. So somebody who's trying to scale and somebody who's trying to do that work hand in hand with their business, what do you think would be first steps for personal development? Yeah, I think first looking at what are you even doing for personal development? Because I think that that's something that we all think about. And there's seasons where I don't read any books. Like right now, I have not read a book in all of 2023. And 
you know, me of a year ago to be like, what a piece of shit. But now I'm like, well, I'm in podcast mode. I'm taking courses, which I haven't done in a long time. I am just doing personal development in a, in a very different way. I took a break from therapy um, and I'm sitting with some of the stuff that I've done and, and done, started to apply certain things in practicality. So that's been my version of, of personal development. So first and foremost, just defining what that means for you and what you're actually doing. Um, then quantifying how much of it you're doing. Because thinking about all these things that I need to improve on or, or these places that where I'm falling short isn't the same as doing something about it. So getting just clarity on, on the data in that capacity. Um, and then really just figuring out where the holes are. So for me personally, in my courses and in my mastermind and the thing that I'm currently doing, I realized that I was thinking really small. And it had nothing to do with my industry, with the target market, with what I knew to be true, but just something that has snuck in there from childhood or something that has snuck in there because I don't actually think that I'm capable of doing that. And that was so surprising to me, given Mm -hmm. the tools that I have, given my Enneagram training, given the years of therapy, given the fact that I work with people like you, Jen, that just always make you better for me to be like... I don't know that I could do that. It just seems insane to me. But that was actually like the main point of and the main issue that I'm having. Um, so isolating like what that might be and then figuring out how can you work on that? Because the business, the side hustle, the thing will grow on its own as soon as you let it. And mm-hmm. that's kind of why I'm excited to be a little bit out of commission so that I can just get out of my own way. So just really figuring out what do you need to do to get out of your way? Yeah, I think the biggest thing when, you know, growing anything, scaling a business, side hustle, anything like that is realizing that you're actually the bottleneck. And in a lot of institutions and a lot of like even just organized things that, you know, are like legitimate businesses, you see from the outside, like it's very clear that one person has either too much power in that scenario or they're indispensable and they become the bottleneck or they've taken on too much or whatever it is. So, yeah, I agree. But that's awesome. Very cool. Yeah. I also think too, another thing to note is that, and this is is weird, but like business development, like uh, what is it called? PD, like professional development is very different than um, personal development. So I think sometimes people think that they're going to go to a coach or they're going to go to this particular mentor that's going to help them with their business. And that's going to be comparable to also doing personal development. And I feel like those things are completely different. And because sometimes people take side hustles so personally and it becomes our baby and it becomes our project, it's difficult to differentiate, you know, if the business grows, that doesn't necessarily mean you grow. And if you grow, that doesn't necessarily mean the business grows either or the side hustle. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that there's also just this need for guarantee. And that's just not something that's a part of the side hustle space or or even the personal development space. Like there's no guarantee that you're going to progress in a certain amount of time. And, you know, my clients and I joke about this all the time where it's like, oh yeah, you you have this thing coming up that you're really stressed about. Yeah. Two weeks of therapy will fix that. Or this book is going to change your mind about it. Or, oh yeah, just do 12 weeks of the artist way. And all of a sudden all your roadblocks will be gone. And it's like, no, this is like a life thing. And that's where viewing a lot of this growth as a marathon versus a sprint is super helpful. And why some of the culture on social media And some of the way that marketing gets to us is where it sells us the illusion that there's a silver bullet or that there's a quick fix or that there's a way for you to do this really fast. And yeah, for some, in some situations, it might move faster than others, but it's not the important part. And it's also not, it shouldn't be the main reason or it's going to be set up to fail. Mm -hmm. Love it. 
great what else are we missing i think that was it as far as what i had but is there anything else that you want to talk about just scaling in general no this became more touchy-feely than i thought yeah me too (laughs) (laughs) that's how it's been lately (laughs) i wonder why i love it um yeah no i I think i guess like in closing i just want to normalize the value of having any type of job whether it's musical or not i want to normalize not having to make any side hustle your full-time income I want to hopefully bring more into the conversation that you could have different interests and that not one of them is your main identity, that one of them shouldn't take from the other. Like just because you do video production or you like video editing or you have a skill set in in multimedia doesn't mean that your musicianship is less, doesn't mean that you need to be doing that for financial reasons, doesn't mean you didn't make it in this other way. Like all of these lies we we tell ourselves it's very rarely do external forces tell us that you're not good enough or or this mm-hmm. looks bad like this is all just movies and you know stories we're telling ourselves in our minds and i think that finding a way to just cut that toxicity and and figure out like where it's coming from and just do whatever makes you happy like how you make your money is nobody's business And if you're really good at something and you could help people and you can make change, like why not do it? So Mm -hmm. I I just, I want to kind of leave that with, with the side hustle stuff because I've also seen myself in situations where I want to will it into existence and it must work. And how could it not? And it's just like, cause maybe it wasn't the right time or maybe like you're not the person for it or, you know, whatever the hell, but it doesn't mean that you suck or it doesn't mean that, you know, it was a bad idea I just like wasn't the time or it wasn't the place or whatever so I think just holding things more loosely in general um and and making sure that whatever narrative you have going on upstairs in your mind is actually accurate and based in data and logic and and not emotions all the time love it couldn't agree more it's like you're talking directly into my face <laughs> love it yep absolutely no this is really for me um <laughs> but anyway thanks for hanging with uh, with us y'all um, if you have questions, thoughts, as always, reach out. Um, you'll be taking over all the social accounts. Mm-hmm. I will be. So you can slide into Jen's DMs. <laughs> You're hey, like, hey. please hesitate to reach out. <laughs> do not message me. <laughs> no, <laughs> please kidding. do. Yes, always. <laughs> Let us Happy know. To hear. <laughs> you always love it. You're always like screenshotting, like, oh my gosh, I'm hearing from this person. This is so exciting. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so slide into our DMs. Um, and yeah, let us know if you have questions. Uh, we'll be hanging out over at the Patreon. Um, so feel free to join. Um, we have tons of resources, spreadsheets, um, lots of more specific answers and stuff. Um, and just really fun conversation, really great community. So check that out if you're interested. Um, and yeah, we will see you come August. Mm -hmm. Bye.